All right, I think we're ready. Good morning, guys. Um, my name is Jeff Tickner. For those of y'all that don't know, I think I know pretty much all of you from boot camps and, and being around here for a while with each of you guys. Um, so we're just going to jump right into this today. And um, you're going to be on page 28. And it is six, I think, in the book, but we are actually on session 11. So congratulations, you're now 11 weeks into this class. So y'all are doing a fantastic job. What do we have, like three left, I think. So good deal. Well, guys, today we're going to talk about something that, that we as men, we often don't think about all the time. But the reality of it is that we, we do think about it all the time. And the reason that we think that we don't think about it is not because it's insignificant or not because it's simple, but because we are the only ones that really know what's going on. Therefore, nobody else knows what's going on, so, so we don't often acknowledge the significance of it, but the reality of the situation is that our minds control everything in our lives. So if we're not attentive to it, if we don't address this, then we're just doing ourselves, our relationships, and God's playing with our lives a big, big disservice. So today, guys, we're going to talk about our thoughts. Or said differently, as you see on the title of your deal there, is dealing with our thoughts. So, so I want you to see that our thoughts are like seeds. Everyone is familiar with seeds. So we have thoughts that are planted just like a seed in fertile soil. That's what's going on in our head all the time. And once that seed is planted there, something is going to happen. Something's going to happen with that seed or with that thought. It's either going to sprout up and grow into good fruit, or it's going to sprout and grow into a growth-restricting or a life-robbing weed. So, so can you see that picture? Just take a second and envision that picture in your mind right now. And, and the reality is the place that your mind is right now will determine whether good fruit comes out of your time here today or whether you're just going to get bushy, overgrowing leaves on your plant that at best is going to give you a little bit of shade but leave you longing for much, much more. So, so that, that's what we're here to talk about today. And, and, and the thing about it is I don't know what you guys are thinking. So I don't know your place. I don't know what went on in your life this morning or last night, or I don't know what you guys are thinking. And the guys that know you even better than I do that you've been sitting with for 11 weeks at your tables, they don't know what you're thinking either. And so it's time for us as men to, to get our minds right so that we can pursue what God truly has for us in our lives, okay? So let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to do that. So Father God, we come to you right now and we ask that you will show us new ways to draw closer to you, that you will show us the reality of the power of our minds that you created for us. It's your creation. Show us that reality when we focus our minds on you, what you can do through our lives in your kingdom. God, that's what we're after. So right now, we just declare all things are about you, all thoughts are about you, and anything that the enemy wants to do to rob us of this time here this morning, we take captive in the name of Jesus and we say it is not allowed in here. And so, Lord, bless us in that. Empower us to do that. Father, we're thankful. In your name we pray. Amen. 
All right, guys. So our desire as men should be for our thoughts to be seeds that produce love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, right? You're, those are all words you're, you're familiar with. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are all good things that we apply to every area of our lives, every day, and everything that we do. That's what those things are. And it's, it's safe to say that everyone of us in here today, that, that we're in Man Academy, that we're in Beltway, we go to Beltway, that we attend boot camps, that we go to re-engage with our spouses, or that we're involved in other ministry activities because we want to see change in our lives. Um, I think that that's, that's something that I can say. We do those things because we are pursuing something. We want to see change in our lives. And those are all great things. There's no doubt about it. Those are all great things that we need to do and that we need to continue to do. However, the number one way that we're going to see change, the number one way that we're going to see change in our lives is by changing the way we think. Now, the way we think is what leads us to those things, but the number one way is by changing the way we think. So as a follower of God, which we all are, we are called to higher thoughts, to a renewed mind and a way of thinking that leads us towards the advancement of God's kingdom. That's what we're called to. Now, guys, I'm going to refer to God's kingdom a lot today. Now, I don't want you, I don't want the word kingdom to take you out because the world we live in, kingdom isn't really a word that we associate with how we live, where we live, our leadership and all those things. I don't want the word kingdom to take you out. The word kingdom simply means reality of an experiential life with God. Okay? So whenever I refer to that, just think reality of an experiential life with God. We want to be in his kingdom, part of his kingdom. And when we do that, it opens up all the possibilities in our lives. And all of that, experience his kingdom, all of that starts with our thoughts. That's where it all begins, okay? So let's get back into it. So, so this idea of dealing with our thoughts, this is nothing more than what are we thinking about at any given time. But not just what are we thinking about, but what are we going to do with that thought? That's what that's all about. Is it producing good? Is it producing self-control? That's something as men we deal with a lot. Is it producing self-control? Is it producing love? So some of those fruits of the Spirit, that's, that's what we have to think about with our thoughts. It is God's intent that His Word would fuel the thoughts of our lives. That's probably not, not surprising news to you, but Deuteronomy eleven eighteen says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts, but where else? Not just in our hearts. Fix these words in our minds. That's what His intent is with His words. Now the enemy's intent, what Satan wants to do is just the opposite of that. The enemy turns our minds into a literal battlefield or a war zone that is fought for one thing. That enemy wants to turn our minds into a battle zone that is fought for an agreement. You see, when, whenever we have a thought that enters in our mind, that thought is there. That seed is planted. We're going to agree with something. We're going to agree with that in some way. The question is, is, is that agreement going to be in alignment with God's kingdom, or is it going to be in alignment with Satan's goal 
to drag us that much closer into darkness? Will that thought that we're going to agree with in some way, is it going to be about life and death? Is it going to be good or evil? Is it going to be light or darkness? Those, that's what's going on there. There is no neutral ground at that point. Something, something is going to happen with that thought. And we as men, we as individuals, we have to decide what we're going to do with it. So guys, that is why our minds are the number one way that we can change our lives to advance God's kingdom. Instead of putting ourselves in a place, using our minds to put ourselves in a place that the enemy can knock us off our paths to righteousness. That is why our mind is that important. Now, there's all kinds of debatable statistics out there of the number of thoughts that we have a day. Some of you probably heard of them or read some of them before, but some of them that you see out there is anywhere we have from 20,000 thoughts per day or maybe even 50,000, or I even read that we could even have 70,000 thoughts per day. I don't know about that, but in my mind, we run out of seconds and minutes and hours to have that many thoughts per day. Um, but, but the fact stands that we have lots of thoughts. And as you think about your days and your lives, you probably go, yeah, my mind is grinding all the time. I can't go to sleep at night all the time. I dream dreams that I don't want to dream all the time because we are having those thoughts. So, so we have lots of thoughts, but I want you to consider this perspective. We as men, we're all unique. We're individuals. I'm myself. Whitney's himself, Scott's himself, Brandon's himself. We're all individuals. We are unique. So how many of those thoughts that we're all having on an individual basis are repetitive or redundant? The same story, the same battlefield going on in our mind over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I'd argue to say, guys, that, that a pretty high percent of our daily thoughts are centered around our beliefs and our activities, our desires, our unforgiveness, our strongholds, our sin. What, and and this, when this happens, this happens over and over and over again. Most of our thoughts that we have, guys, are probably the same thoughts that we had yesterday, are based around the same thing the same process that we had yesterday and the day before that and so forth. So guys, I want you to think, what would our mind be like if instead of doing that, we focused our attention all of the time on what God is doing in our lives instead of what the enemy is doing in our lives? That's what I want you to think about. So here, here's a little example for, for me of, of what I mean to kind of give you an illustration of that. So, so a few weeks ago, I recently went on a, on a mission trip to Africa and, and Dennis was along with me and, and a few other guys uh, that aren't here today were on that trip as well. But here's what I learned in this situation is the weeks leading up to that trip and my time on that trip and now the weeks following that trip has changed everything in my thought life. It, it has made the battlefield in my mind one that is one for good and self-control and love. You see, what I had going on in my life, what I have going in, on in my life right now, the activities 
that I'm choosing to feed myself with has made me focused on the Father in everything I do, which has put my mind, that activity has put my mind in a place of light instead of darkness. And guys, I know that I'm not the only one that has been in this situation. Dennis, who was on the trip with me, probably had a similar situation or experience. He's his own man, though. It might have been a little bit different for him. But I know I'm not the only one. What that means, though, is that life's influences, life influences our thoughts. What we're doing influences our thought, which then transforms our minds. And the hope is, is that transformation is in alignment with God's kingdom, leading us to fix his words in our minds, which will lead to a lifestyle of thoughts on track with Jesus instead of those times that we feel a bit lost. And I know all of you know that feeling, that time when you just feel a little bit lost. And the root of that often goes back to what is going on in our minds. So said differently, here's something that you're going to write down. Said differently is our thoughts fuel our emotions. Our emotions fuel our decisions. Our decisions fuel our actions. And our actions fuel our habits. And our habits fuel our character. And our character points directly to our destiny and our future in God's kingdom. Okay? So I'll go through that again real quick. Our, our thoughts fuel our emotions. Our emotions fuel our decisions. Our decisions fuel our actions. Our actions fuel our habits. And our habits fuel our character. And our character points us to our destiny in God's kingdom. Okay? In my example... My thoughts about this mission trip to Africa fueled an emotion. It fueled something welled up in me. And that led to a decision, which led to the action to go on to the trip. And then the trip, which was a result of the action, fueled my habits. And then my habits during this whole season, before, on, and after the trip, has fueled my character and pointed me towards God's kingdom in all areas of my life. That's how that works. So, so my thoughts fueled me, not just to go on a trip and serve, but my thoughts fueled me to become a kingdom-minded husband, a dad, an employer, a friend, a son of God, all areas of my life. That's what that did, the result of that. So guys, this scenario isn't unique to me. This scenario happens in our lives every day, all of the time. In fact, I would venture to say that 11 weeks into Man Academy now, how many of you have seen a difference in your thoughts and how you're going about your lives? Is that everyone seen that? I mean, that, that's an obvious when when you're you're coming every week for 11 weeks and three more to go in this semester, and and you're getting poured into by men and having community at your tables. That is going to happen. Going to things like boot camp does this as well. Everyone knows that boot camp high. When you come home, it's like the game is on. Let's go. That's what this does. So it doesn't matter, guys, if it's about driving in traffic. It doesn't matter about if it's business related or it's relationships. It's choices we have about money and purity or our time with God. Our thoughts 
Our thoughts change when we are choosing action in kingdom activities. Okay? So our thoughts change when we are choosing action in kingdom activities. And the goal of this is our thought life would get there and stay there, increasing it, taking it to the next level so that our thoughts become completely saturated with the reality of an experiential life with God. That's what we want. That's what we're after. That's what we want to achieve. So guys, our thoughts essentially become a righteous way of life. That's what we're going after. Now, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, I, I personally, I struggle with memorizing scriptures, but one that I have leaned on is James 5.16. And what that says is the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. That's something we all run. So, so what fuels our prayers? When you think about what you prayed for last or what you prayed for last week or last month, what fuels our prayers? Our thoughts fuel our emotions, right? We already defined that. Well, then our emotions fuel our prayers. What stirs us up is what we pray about. The burdens we have that create an emotion in us is what we pray about. And so the thought leads to the emotion, which leads to the prayer. So we want all of our prayers to be powerful and effective, right? That's what we're after. We don't want to just speak. We speak with intentions and expectations through our relationship with Jesus that our prayers are going to be powerful and effective. That's what we're after. So think about it for a second. What if our thoughts, everything that's going on in our minds, in our fertile soil, fueled powerful and effective prayers? What if that's what really was, was happening? Would you see that change in your life that you're after? I mean, you still go to boot camp. You still go to re-engage. You still go to Man Academy. You still go to church. You still do these things. You still go build ramps on Saturdays. You do these things. But what if it all started with our minds that led to powerful and effective prayers, <laughs> powerful and effective lifestyles? Would you see that change in your life? So the big question is, how do we do that? The big question is, this is, this is all things that we can talk about and we can hear, we can write, we can read, but how do we do that? Well, guys, we have to discern what thoughts we have that are in alignment with God or which thoughts come from other sources. And then we have to choose which we're gonna do, what we're going to do with each of those individual thoughts. So first of all, we have to realize that we get to choose what we think about. Now that's probably not revolutionary to you guys, but we have to choose what we think about. So as a follower of Jesus, we have the mind of Christ, right? However, we often, as men in our lives, we often don't take the time to slow down and reflect on our thoughts to see if it aligns with Jesus. So how many of you go through your entire day, your entire day, and you go, wow, that was me. Where was God in that? I'm guessing I'm probably not the only one that does that. And what goes on there is we're not slowing down with every decision, every thought, everything that goes through our minds and thinking through 
Is that in alignment with him? So when we don't slow down, when we don't slow down, we are not doing what Romans 12, 2 tells us to do. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So guys, it doesn't say it might help you. It doesn't say that most of the time it's going to help you. It says then. I love that. It says then. That means it is going to happen. When we focus on God and are transformed, then our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, our habits, and our character will be about God's kingdom. That's what the scripture tells us. So, so our beliefs about all this, our beliefs are what control whether or not we will allow this transformation to happen in our lives all the time. Guys, as you know, we are called to believe God in what his word says. So I want to I go back to the analogy of seeds in the ground for a second. So we need to understand that in our minds, in our fertile soil, there are seeds of belief and there are seeds of unbelief, okay? That's going on in our minds all the time. Seeds of belief and seeds of unbelief. So for those of you that like to dove hunt, how many of you like to dove hunt in here? All right, so, so you know that a patch of wild sunflowers is something that is highly sought after. And when you're looking in the month of August, and you're like, those look really good. Come on, dry out. Let's get them ready for food. You know that, that wild sunflowers are good for soil. So dove hunters want this. They want that food source so that they can hunt over that. And, and all that has to happen to that soil is it has to be plowed in the month of January. Okay, so that's free for you guys. You plow your soil in January, you're going to get sunflowers. Those seeds are already there. And so if it rains here in West Texas, if it rains here in West Texas, you're going to have a good patch of wild sunflowers. And all that has to happen is that those seeds that are already there, they have to be stirred up and they have to be believed in. Okay, that's all it has. So what else can happen in that situation though? What else can happen? In our belief for good to happen, the enemy is gonna say, look at what this guy's doing. I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna plant seeds of unbelief. I'm going to plant seeds of unbelief. And and some seeds that that the enemy will try to plant are things like doubt and fear and hate and anger. Guys, those seeds, as as you know, those seeds are not good. And those seeds in our patch of sunflowers, those seeds grow things like Johnson grass. And then when you shoot a bird, you can't find it. Or they grow things like cockleburs. And then when you shoot a bird and you do find it, you're covered. That's That's what those seeds do. Those seeds are not good. They grow things right in the middle of our fruitful kingdom plans that God is calling us to, which then puts a damper on the potential of our soil or puts a damper back to what we're talking about here is on the potential of our minds. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So in other words, the enemy plants bad seeds in our minds that when we agree with them, We limit our ability to advance God's kingdom, which holds back our potential 
for us to do what we talked about earlier. It holds back our potential for us to love, to live out love, to live out joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's what happens when we allow the enemy to do that. Now, some of those seeds of unbelief are double-mindedness, their doubt, their worry, their anxiety, their stress, their vain imaginations that take us to places that we don't need to be. It's, it's about logic and reasoning that replaces faith. Guys, we're all called to live by faith. It's wavering mistrust, it's grumbling, it's complaining, it's fear, torments. Those are some seeds of unbelief. Now, on the other side of that, some seeds of belief are trust and faith and peace and rest and wisdom and quiet and calm and signs of miracles and wonder and most of all, life. That's what we want. We want our thoughts to produce life. So, so it takes faith to live by those seeds of belief. We as men, we have to put our faith in those to live by them. And when we live by faith, pursuing God, trusting God, engaging in the kingdom activities that he calls us to through serving others and loving others and equipping ourselves in his ways, what do we do? When we do all those things, what do we do? We nurture those seeds of belief. It becomes who we are. We as men become fertile soil for those seeds of belief to then grow up into. Our thoughts then become righteous prayers that are powerful and effective, which fuels our minds to focus on everything. Go back to your days, your work days, your pleasure days, your vacation days. It focuses us to do everything with a mind that is focused on his kingdom, with a mind that allows for us to have a passion for what God wants to do instead of pilfering our minds to the desires of the enemy. That's what he wants to do. So not only does it take faith, guys, but this also takes action. And this, just, this isn't just a good idea. This is what we are called to be as sons of God. And 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 tells us that. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Different separation there. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Once again, difference, there's separation there. On the contrary, how many of you say that every day? On the contrary. I love that. I love the scripture tells us that because it, it means there is difference. There's a line. On the contrary, those weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Those weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God And we take captive every thought and we do what with it? We make it obedient to Christ. That's what that scripture says. Guys, that scripture is so full. I love that. That We we could honestly, we could talk a whole session about this. We could add on the the week 
Christmas weekend, we can add a session to this on that scripture, but, but we're not going to do that. We're going to take two things out of that scripture. And what we want to get out of that scripture is the topic of demolishing strongholds. And the second one is taking our thoughts captive. Two things. So first of all, what is a stronghold? A stronghold is a mindset. A stronghold is a mindset that is a pattern of thoughts that is fortified by countless little thoughts. And when we get there in that place in our lives, when the enemy takes us to that place where our mindset is just covered up with countless little thoughts, it becomes an anchor in our lives. It becomes an anchor in our lives. Strongholds, guys, are devastating to what we have in the kingdom. Strongholds are devastating to our authority over the enemy. That's what happens there. So right now, each of you is probably sitting here thinking, man, do I have any strongholds? Especially if you haven't thought about that before or heard that term or that definition before. You might be thinking, do I have any strongholds? And what is it doing in my life if I do have a stronghold? Well, here are some examples of strongholds. Now, this isn't limiting to them, but some examples of strongholds are ongoing, continual, tormenting anger. As men, this is one that we struggle with. This is a big one. If we find our days in anger about everything, there's a pretty good chance that we have a stronghold there. If we live in fear that is crippling our lives, we live in fear that is crippling our lives. Beliefs about yourself that aren't from God, such as I am stupid or I can't do anything right. I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get that job. I'm never going to make it the way that I'm called to be. That is not true. And that is a stronghold that, that we want you to get free of. Continually comparing yourself to others. One, one last one is sadness. Sadness that robs you of joy in your life. Guys, those are strongholds that we want you to get free from. The enemy's plan with these strongholds is to choke out everything in our lives that brings forth a reflection of Jesus into this world. That's what he wants to do. That's what Satan wants to do, is to choke out everything in our lives through our minds that brings Jesus to earth. That's his goal. Guys, these strongholds render us to sitting on the bench. And in many cases, with, with, with many men, and maybe some of, some of you guys and us in here today, is it doesn't only just render us to sitting on the bench, it also takes us out of the game. We don't even travel to the game. Guys, we can't stay there. We have to get back into the game. And we do this. We do this. The start to doing this in our minds, in our fertile soil, is we take captive those thoughts in the name of Jesus. You see, our intention to a thought, it feeds it. Many of you have been there, maybe this morning. When you give a thought that is from the enemy attention, it feeds it. And we have to choose what we dwell on. And if we, choose, if we don't choose correctly, we will find ourselves drowning in worldly desires from seeds planted by the enemy. That's what goes on in our heads. So Ephesians 4, 23 through 24 
It tells us to be made new in the attitudes of our minds and to put on the new self. Well, guys, when we dwell on a life-robbing thought, we are not being made new. That transformation of being made new, it stops right there. Now, that stopping is not permanent because we have Jesus, but that transformation of being made new, it goes on pause, okay? That's what happens there. The attitude of our minds at that point is being stolen by the enemy. In Colossians 3, 2, it tells us we are to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. So I want you to think about that word set, okay? Set, what does that word set mean to you? It, in my mind, it's pretty, pretty darn permanent. It's set. The concrete, an example, the concrete of the foundation is set. It's, it's there. How many of you guys have big, heavy gun safes? Raise your hands. How many, of your, how many of you guys, when you called your friend and you said, come help me move this gun safe, they said, forget you, man. You're on your own with that. <laughs> That's the experience I had. So, so we're going to take our 800-pound gun safe and we're going to put it in the corner of our office and we're going to set it on the concrete. And then we're going to set that 800-pound gun safe in the corner and then we're going to bolt it to the concrete that is set. That's what, that's in in a picture in my mind, that is what that means. It's not fleeting. It's not of little significance. It is there. It's, It's significant. So when we set our minds on something, it is lasting. It has a purpose that might be good or it might be bad. If we don't set our minds on Jesus and take thoughts from the enemy captive, we go right back, we go right back to sitting on the bench and missing the reality of an experiential life with God. That's the power of this, guys, and it all starts right here. So what does it mean to take the thought captive? You're probably saying that's enough examples, Jeff, we get it. Tell us what it means to take a thought captive. That's what we're going to do now. So what does it mean? It means yielding our thoughts to God. Well, that's not too, too tough. It, 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 we set those thoughts into submission under the word of God, under what Jesus did for us on the cross. And when we do this, when we start putting this into action, into practice, and it becomes who we are in our minds, when we do this, the thought pattern changes and we become more focused on God. When a thought enters in our mind, this is it, guys. When a thought enters our mind, we have to take it to trial. There's fixing to be a court that happens in our minds right then when that thought comes in. And this goes back to our busy days. We have to slow down and think about our thoughts. And we have to have that court in our mind. And in this court, in this court, God is the judge, and Jesus is the witness, and the Holy Spirit is the counsel, okay? The question has to be asked at that point when that thought comes in is where did that thought come from? 
Is it from heaven or is it from hell? Through the testimony of the witness and the wisdom of the counsel, we will be able to determine if that thought comes from light or darkness. We then declare to our judge, Father God, that thought is not from you. I do not want that thought. I do not own that thought. I do not accept that thought. That thought is filth. That thought is negative. That thought is life destroying. That thought is not welcome in my life, my house, my work, my marriage, my family, anywhere. That's what we have to do. I take that thought that is not from you captive in the name of Jesus and I give it to you. It's not from you. I don't want it. I give it to you. Now, God, I give you this thought. Now replace it with a thought that is from you. A thought that focuses on you. It focuses on what you want to do in my life right now. But also in the future. So what, is, what do you think is the most important couple of words in that prayer? What is it? In Jesus' name, right? I give it to you. And, and do what with it? Take it and replace it right now. In my mind, guys, right now is critical. You see, because our thoughts, our thoughts, as we've already talked about, they trigger action. I'm jumping ahead in the process flow a little bit, but our thoughts trigger action. And if we don't choose to take captive our thoughts and ask the Father God to replace those thoughts with righteous thoughts right now, then we can fall into sinful action in the areas of anger and lust and poor decisions and money and judgments and self-pity and gossip. That's just naming a few of them. You guys can fill in the blanks. So often as men, we, we, we say, well, lust, that's right now. God, take this from me. I want you to replace it right now. But that applies to everything. When you're in a store and, and, and the enemy's saying, buy that, and you're going, I don't have the money to buy that. But the enemy is saying, you can pay for it later. And you're saying, but, but no, yeah, I'll take it. That's what you want to take that thought captive and say, Jesus, I do not have the money to buy that, nor do I need it. Take this thought captive from me right now and replace it with another thought. Allow me to flee from that. That's what we're going for when we do that. So when we say that prayer, when we do that in the heat of the moment, God, take this thought and replace it with one from you. Guess what happens? He will answer. He will do that. That's what his scripture tells us. We just have to listen for the thought that he puts in our minds. And then we have to rise up and we have to grab onto it. And we have to begin dwelling on that Instead of what the enemy wants, we have to agree with it and we have to run with it. Literally, sometimes that means run, get out of the situation and get right back on to the path of righteousness, righteousness that God calls us to be on. So as we think on things that are true and right and noble, we are empowered to action in God's kingdom that is powerful and effective in our lives and the lives of the people that we are in relationship, and our thoughts begin to change everything. So here's the question, guys. 
What if our thought life became one as if we always had a missional mind to advance God's kingdom? A mind that puts God into everything that we do. Now, guys, I'm not just talking about mission trips overseas. That's just the example that I use to paint the picture. I'm not just talking about that. I'm not just talking about going to boot camp on a three and a half day long weekend. Guys, I'm talking about your life right now, this afternoon, when you go out of here, when you, you hook up with your family again and you get in the car and you drive home. This afternoon, next Tuesday at work, Wednesday, if many of you are involved in re-engage, when you go to re-engage, how you go about that differently in your thought life. Friday night at the football game, some of you might be going to some playoff games. How do you, what's your thought life at those games when you see people, when you see referees, when you do those things? How does that change? Going on a date with your wife or your girlfriend. Guys, a mind full of thoughts from seeds planted by Jesus that is captivating instead of a mind full of thoughts from seeds planted by the enemy that need to be captive is what we're after. That's what we're going for. So guys, when we as men begin to think about the things that we think about, when we begin to think about the things that we think about, when we begin to slow down and think about those things and we take to trial our thoughts and we only agree with those from God, an entire new life is unlocked for us. An entire new influence is unlocked for us. We begin to realize the experiential life with God at that point. So guys, this is, this, when this happens, this is when we have love and we have joy and we have peace and we have kindness and we have goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. This is when we have self-control in everything that we do all the time. And guys, that is when our prayers become powerful and effective. That's when our lives become powerful and effective. So that's what we're after. That's what we're after. So we're going to wrap up now. We're going to pray, and then we're going to talk, have some discussion at the table. So Father God, I thank you for your words this morning and your truths that come from the scriptures that you give us. Your divine wisdom that empowers transformation in our lives. And we ask that right now that that transformation begins when we talk with our friends at these tables and when we walk out of here, that our minds are being made new. We're putting on a new self in how we think. And not only does that happen right now while it's fresh on our minds, but it happens all week long. And as it happens all week long, it starts to become who we are. It becomes our habits that fuels our character, that takes us to a destiny on your world, bringing a bit of heaven to life, to earth through us. God, that's what we're after. So show us more, teach us more, lead us to more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.